Welcome to the Strong Towers Podcast, a podcast with one simple vision, build up, become strong. I don't know where this actually came from in terms of this idea of ego, but I, I often reflect back on my time in running, probably more so now when I show my races and I talk about my races and I'm not sure I could have communicated this at the time, but I think in retrospect, I, I actually had a hard time stepping into my gifting and accepting that from um, like a worthiness or a deserving mm-hmm. standpoint. And in, a, in, in some kind of a weird way, like I came really, really close to making the Olympic team in 2000, like 0.1 of a second. Mm. And it's actually, you could look at the race, but it's, you know, and reliving that, I think in a lot of ways, you know, there was almost a hesitancy or almost a, in some ways, like a little bit of a fear of like stepping into what I was felt like I was really capable of. And so I don't think I lost the race because I wasn't physically fit. I'm sure that I didn't lose it. It was more of a, I, maybe I wasn't quite ready to step into that. And maybe that was because I was like worried about, I don't know if that's somehow connected to ego or like, Hey, I don't want to be too cocky or maybe that worked against me. Some you know, falling off the other side of ego. Mm-hmm. If there's an opposite to ego of not embracing their gift that you rightfully have or that you've been rightfully given. Yeah. yeah. And like just a fear of, man, I don't want to. Uh, and so maybe there's some of that. Yeah. Uh, I think there was some of that. And even today, I think there's some of that. And, you know, I, I certainly want to be humble too. But as you've said, like there's also, uh, you know, some. I don't want to call it false humility because it's not done on purpose, like to be in some sort of like passive aggressive way, but more of just a, you know, we've all been given giftings, right? And yeah. so we should feel thankful, but not shun or step into and be afraid of step, stepping into those giftings and saying, hey, yep. you know, I'm I'm okay with, I'm I have the gift of, you know prophetic or teaching or whatever that's okay like god Mm -hmm. gives people gifts and i'm going to be i'm going to rejoice in that and step into that yeah so that's been a hard thing to do as i look back on that that's probably more of the difficult time that i had yeah with my running than i think you know if we if we say that the word ego is kind of synonymous with an an unhealthy level of pride because i think there is a way to be proud about accomplishments and and work that you're putting in and and that sort of stuff but if if we're kind of falling off to the unhealthy side you know there there is the pride in thinking kind of in the in sort of the christian perspective thinking more of yourself than than you should or or than than maybe even god thinks of you right right you know going going beyond i have been given this gift that extreme it makes this gift makes me amazing instead of appreciating it for the gift that it is but i think there is also a level of pride in thinking less of yourself and and an unhealthy pride in thinking less of yourself than you know you do have this gift and you were given this gift and uh you know whatever that is running writing being an artist creating things teaching you know, you have that gift for a purpose and 
you are not serving that purpose by making less of the gift in some kind of, you know, false humility type of way. Yeah. It's funny how oftentimes ego can keep us from accomplishing the things that God wants us to do. And I automatically assume that I mean that by putting myself in front of what God has for me. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it's also the, the the fact that you may not be stepping into those places that God has for you. Right. Yeah. And so like, I don't want to get all stoic or anything, but I think about like, you know, the, that, that quote, like the ego is the enemy. And like, I automatically think to myself, like that's, you know, putting that negative aspect on, is it really, you know, knowing yourself that then it is as far as like a false identity of, of, of putting, putting the head. Right. And again, not to go all William Shakespeare or not, but you know, one of the things that I thought about as we were getting ready to dive into ego is, you know, that old, uh, to thy own self be true. Right. And mm-hmm. that whole, that whole yeah. thing too. And it, it, but it, it does come down to a lot of that, right? You are one of the better judgment of your character and how you are actually approaching each of these scenarios. Right. I don't know. I just keep coming back to this idea of what you said, knowing yourself and, in knowing yourself, having enough confidence in your abilities that you're not always needing to prove yourself. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do what I can do and win, lose, or draw. That's not a reflection on me and and what I've done if I'm stepping into what yeah. giftings that I do have. And you can be confident in that and secure in that, but then it also opens up other arenas. One of the kind of churchy bywords is to take the lower seat, right? And and that's kind of a lot of times I think not used the right way, you know, because it means I should always be just lowering myself and humbling myself always and but that's you know that's falling off on that other side of pride right. i think you know of of actually making less of yourself than you're intended to be in some misguided pursuit of humility and avoiding the the gifts that you've been given yeah it really seems like it ties in nicely with you know one of the earlier conversations we were having about fear that so often ego and fear seem very intimately connected mm. that it's either Ego driven by fear of not being noticed, not being recognized, you know, not being applauded for the things that you want people to see in you. Right. And, and I can think of times in my life where it was really important for me, for people to know that I, on whatever level, cause there's always another level, but you know, for my level that I had been an accomplished volleyball player. Right. Because that was a part of my identity that I was the most proud of and most comfortable in. And so like, even in like a rec league thing as an adult, you know, years after college, like it it was still, there was still something unhealthy in me that felt like, all right, I got to put one of these balls like on the floor or (laughs) like, you know, in somebody's face or like, because I need people to know that I'm actually better than they might think I am right now. Like I need to promote, right. I still got it, (laughs) but I need other people to know that I still got it. Like it's got nothing to do internally at this point of, you know, proving my back's not going to go out mid jump, but that I need other people to see me the way that I want them to see. Yeah. And then like we keep saying, you know, it feels like you can fall off either way because so often it feels like all fear can also motivate ego in the opposite direction of, I need to undersell. I I need to self-deprecate because Mm -hmm. if people know what I used to be able to do, 
or if they have like a, a wrong assumption about my capabilities, they might expect more from me mm-hmm. than I'm actually capable of achieving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in either case, it seems like, you know, fear and ego can almost go hand in glove as part of that. And, and so how do you, how do you live out of the truest parts of yourself? Right. And in a way that doesn't demand promotion. Right. And, and I like that, that biblical reference that you made, Tom, when, when Jesus is encouraging people to take the lower seat, you know, and the rest of that story is, you know, don't take a higher seat. And then, you know, when it turns out that that was intended for somebody else, you get booted well down below of where you actually belong. Instead, take a lower seat, not because you're worth less, but because you're then going to allow somebody else to promote you rather than having to self-promote. Yeah. And in some cases, possibly even promote you beyond where you would have promoted yourself, which kind of brings us back to, you know, some of the earlier conversations at the beginning of this podcast of how much we see the greatness in each other and how much we oftentimes struggle with accepting that for ourselves. Like I love talking about Jeff's accomplishments with running. Jeff does not. Mm. Right. (laughs) And, you know, there was, there was a, I was teaching an adult class a couple of years ago and, you know, teachings it's in my wheelhouse and, and I'd done a a pretty decent job of it here. Even here, I'm, I can feel like I'm, I'm heading in the self-deprecation route. (laughs) Like I'd done a pretty decent job of it. And somebody came up and complimented me afterwards. Like that was a, that was really well done. And I like, I hedged and I was like, well, you know, like that was, like, I forget if like I, I pulled like one of the classic churchy things like, well, you know, that was all God. That wasn't me. Or if like, I just, you know, whichever way I downplayed it, I downplayed it. And he's like, like he calls me on it, right? Like he almost puts his finger in my chest and this is not a guy who puts fingers in chat. Like, <laughs> so it was out of character for him too, but you could tell like it, it was upsetting him that I was not acknowledging a compliment appropriate to the level of accomplishment mm-hmm. that I was trying to think less of myself than was being thought of me. And so was being just as guilty of pride as if I was shamelessly self-promoting be like, didn't you all think that was awesome? <laughs> Feel free to applaud whenever you like. Like, like, yeah, it's so hard to find the middle. Yeah. One one thing that I think helps a lot is having authenticity amongst people that you know and yeah. friends, and yeah. that's what I've appreciated about you guys. Is um, I don't. I feel like um. Ultimately, we should get our validation from the Lord, right? Yeah. Everyone should have their validation. And if that was, and we were all perfect, we wouldn't need anything else. But we're not perfect, right? And so, man, it sure helps to have validation from people that you know and that dudes that you know. And so, it puts you, it puts me at ease in a lot of ways, knowing that in some ways I feel confident and in your guys' friendship, I guess, and and, and other people like you where I'm like, man, they kind of accept me mm-hmm. even if I couldn't run, yeah. you know what I mean, for other reasons yep. and stuff. And so that really helps. And then I, I was also thinking of like a work scenario where um, I, I happened to be in a position when I was in the military where for some reason my, this, my like squadron commander had some I felt kind of misplaced confidence in me, but he, nevertheless, he really did. And I don't know, whatever it was, but I felt for some reason very unencumbered, like that I didn't have to 
I guess, perform in a, in a go beyond and really impress him. And I just thought, wow, how powerful is it when someone feels totally unencumbered and just could be themselves and yeah. just live out who they're gifting without this sort of burden of like, man, do I got, am I going to let someone down if I don't, right. man, am I, yeah. am I doing this good enough or am I, am I good enough with just, just pure unencumbrance? I mean, it's really amazing how liberating that is. And that really comes when you are, you know, authentic with people, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or you have authentic community. Because if I think if I hung out with the running community all the time and back when I did, I mean, that's what people hang around and talk about, you know, in that, in those circles is how fast you've run, how fast your next race was, what you get. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but at some level, if that's all you're talking about it, that's, so that's not, that's not real. And so it's nice to have authentic community and friendships and people that, sort of validate you for who you are apart from this sort of performance. And yeah, it's kind of, you're kind of on un- And so that's nice. And so it's nice to have that. I think it's important to have that. For sure. And that's some of the, and the last thing, that's some of the, that's some of the, you asked earlier, that's some of the philosophy or camaraderie that we try and have on the cross country team. And maybe that's some of the secrets of some of these good, you know, dynasty sports teams, when you talk about team chemistry, it's people accepting people for what their gifts are and what they mm-hmm. bring to the team and trying to put down that sort of that ego or that, hey, I got to do this or I got to do that or that person isn't doing this, you know, then all of a sudden that's just baggage, you know, and people are, you know, just weighed down by that. And so, yeah. boy, it's sure, it's sure nice to be validated by others, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you're bringing up the validation point because you know that's one of the things that we're having this conversation. I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about how easy it is for all of us, especially you know similar path in lives where we're at right now. But finding success outside of of let's say the church life or you know going into going tomorrow to work. Right, I have a bunch of guys that are peacocking down the hallway telling me about how you know yeah. how great of a engineer they are, how they you know accomplish this task, and it's hard to not buy into that right Mm -hmm. not to be able to say hey look at me look what i did today you know you know i'm worth something too and it 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 is i'm I'm reminded i'm reading this book right now called the captain's class right and in that it's talking about like the greatest teams right what do some of the most successful teams have in common you know automatically everybody always defaults to great coaching or the best player and you know they go what they've the guy discovers in the book and you know something you guys can maybe be able to read on your own is it's it's about having that the leadership and having somebody who who puts the team ahead of themselves right mm-hmm. and it pretty much checks their ego and if you think about the leader you always think of the you know the be- best player on the team and, and it goes down to it's not always the best player on the team it's often the guy who doesn't want to be in the spotlight who doesn't right. want to be you know known for his for his accomplishments and when I reading this, it, it, it reminds me that wow, this is it is ego, and and it is putting yourself in your place, and and, and recognizing, hey, there's things. Ab- I don't want to say like you know, that's putting your team above yourself, but that a lot of times that's what it comes down to as far as like accomplishments and 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 moving forward in life. Right? I, I think you see that on on teams all the time. You know, you look at a, at a team on paper, and the stats that they could potentially put up are phenomenal. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you actually get into the season and you watch 
them fall well short of that. And, uh, you know, and then you go to find out like there's all this crap going on in the locker room and this guy isn't getting along with this guy or nobody has really stepped up into a leadership mm-hmm. position to kind of coalesce. And so you have a whole bunch of individual egos that have not managed to actually create a sports team. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. one of the things that, that, when you were talking, Jeff, I was reminded of was when we had uh, Nathan Bramblett on last season, uh, who also has experience in the professional athletics arena. And when we asked him to, you know, kind of break it down at the end of yep. the episode and just give a couple of tips for for people looking to challenge themselves, uh, primarily in the physical uh, area. But one of his tips was put the measuring stick away. Like if you're always trying to measure your success, your progress, mm. comparison to somebody else, you're you're kind of missing the point. Yeah. Really, you know, is what he was getting at. So put the measuring stick away. Do what you can do. Uh, and there's a level of trust that, you know, there will be improvement. I'll get better at what I'm doing or whatever, but I'm not going to be constantly trying to put that next number out there because then you're chasing after the wrong thing. So as we look to, to wrap it up, just to kind of come full circle, Jeff, in, in uh, sort of where you're at, you had success in running and, and in uh, kind of living out of your gifting, um, and that's continuing to present you with opportunities. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've got going on now in the area of, of running? Well, actually, I was just thinking – you know, we say we've had some success. We all have. And I'm thankful for that. But I guess that kind of stuff, I don't feel like necessarily sustains me like and is mm-hmm. enough. Not that I need more successes. But, um, you know, as we do life, there's a whole bunch of new challenges, right? Every time, you know, we have we all have kids. They're all different ages. So it's life. Life is constantly changing. And, um, I, you know, there's lots of opportunities to be challenged right and i guess it would be nice if i could sit back and go to my kids when i'm having problems or challenging whatever i'm like hey don't you know that i room 46 and 800 <laughs> so listen to me what i have to say <laughs> right like it don't work, it work? <laughs> i mean kind of no actually um um so it, it so i guess what i'm saying is you know it you know it we all have areas in our lives where we're kind of comfortable and feel confident running. Certainly physical fitness is mine, but it, it doesn't mean that there's not challenges and, you know, to, and I guess that's part of the challenge too, is realizing that in terms of ego, it's like, wow, you know, you, um, and again, maybe all that's wrapped up in authenticity too, is, you know, there's a lot of areas in my life where I, I don't feel like I have it as altogether, you know, I, I got my fitness and running pretty well squared away, but you know, there's a lot of other areas in life that I'm still challenged on a daily basis to, yeah. and that's a humbling thing. And maybe that's what the Lord does to us. He likes to keep humbling us because, you know, life is ever changing. And so I don't know that there's one recipe that, you know, but anyway, what I'm doing now is, um, I, you know, I never thought I'd get into really coaching because I thought, I didn't, I may be back to that. I don't, I didn't know that I had a whole lot to offer other than just working hard and having some gifting. But, um, I started sort of coaching 
well, this is funny. You'll get appreciate. You'll get. You'll appreciate this. My oldest daughter, um, when she was in, I think she was ninth grade or tenth grade, she said she was going to go. I guess they were having this cross country team with a with a with a homeschool group we had, and my oldest daughter's, you know, Joy's awesome, and um, she's not really gifted in running. But I wasn't going to tell her that. I mean, that's <laughs> great. You know, I mean, go out and do that. Hopefully, she's not she, listening. I mean, yeah, <laughs> we've talked about this, so I think it's okay. <laughs> I think this is a safe place. I hope, Joy. So I roll up to this practice. I think I was going to pick her up, and you know, I know a little. This is wild. I know a little about running. I come kind of strolling up. And I see this dude out there with the big army shirt on his on his t-shirt. And he has him running around. And I was just I walk up to him and I'm like, hey, how you doing? You know, what, you know, you you in the army? He goes, No, no, I just I got this from a friend. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, um, you have a running background. He goes, No, I don't run. And so thankfully he wasn't like, I know what I'm doing here, you know. And I mean he was very um approachable, but I could kind of feel this sort of I might have to kind of tell him, you know, maybe I have to explain to him that I know, you know, a little bit about running, but I, yeah. he was very, he was very open, but, um, he, he, we talked a little bit. I said, yeah, I used to run a little bit, you know, I ran in college. He's like, well, you should, you should coach this team. And I was just like, I, no. And he kept, he kept on me. And then I think the next year I ended up taking over this team. And so now I've been at it for four or five years and the team has really, really grown. And it's just been a real joy to, I mean, run with the kids it's kept me in shape thankfully yeah. and i it, it's been mostly about building community i mean that's where i see the biggest blessing is i mean yeah we have some pretty decent kids but we also have some kids that are just out there purely for the community and the camaraderie and you know if i can impart a little bit of discipline and or, or maybe just a little bit of hey you got to take care of your bodies physically just like we try and take care of them spiritually emotionally that's that's what the Lord calls us to do. So, so I coach this this homeschool, largely a homeschool cross country team. We do have some private school kids that run, and um, yeah, we got a middle school. I think we got about fifty kids this year. Wow, it's 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 growing and it, it's a lot of fun. And my kids are running, and I kind of <laughs> swore that they were never going to be runners, but you know, I guess they've seen some of the. The passion that their dad has and the joy that that comes, you know, that, mm -hmm. and, uh, maybe it's been, it's been fun to share that with them. So. And how about the running co-op? Oh man. Yeah. I forgot about that. I gotta give a shout out. Oh man. The, the shameless plug for that. <laughs> That's running co-op C-O-O-P. We started, uh, a, a couple, a couple buddies of mine started, um, a running camp for high school kids. So that's ninth through 12th grade. And we had our inaugural camp uh, this past summer out at Colorado State University. And so um, our mantra is kind of we rise. And our, our, our goal is to you know train the whole runner um, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. So we kind of work on all those components. And it's, it's a week-long overnight camp. And we're hoping to – we're kind of excited to see where God takes that. We, we all have dreams of, you know, much like I'm sure you guys have dreams with – strong towers here and visions and so but really just trying to uh see where god takes us on that and uh so we're hoping to have season two next year and awesome. it's a lot of fun bring a lot of we, we all have a lot of connections from you know fairly large names in the running community so it got kind of back to that whole it kind of helps when you have some 
initial validation from people, then that gets people's attention. And then when you have a platform, and this horse just happens to be running, but people are going to listen to what you have to say, basically because you've had some success in the past. And so that gives us a good platform. And so yeah, it's been really good. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. Thanks for coming out, Jeff. We appreciate Fellas, it. Fellas, it's been awesome. Yeah, it's, I, thank I, you. Ho- yeah. Hopefully, really uh, yeah, it was, hopefully I didn't do too much of the talking on there, but, uh, <laughs> so we have you on for, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was really great. I appreciate it's fun to talk about. I, I do. I mean, I do talk, I do enjoy talking about the stories and the remembering the good times from, from the running and I don't want to bore people to either though. Like, I mean, I, but it's definitely, I definitely miss it. And, uh, I miss aspects of it. I yeah. Mean, although I will say, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of glad. I don't think I would have been a good professional, like a full-time career professional runner. Cause I mean, oh man, it was great for a couple of years, but I remember sort of the last year got to be a real drag because I mean, that's, that's, a, that's tough. And a part of it is, I think part of it, interestingly, is I didn't have a community of running. I was running by myself. I had my coach, but you know, when you're post collegian, when you're running, unless you're part of one of these farm team or Nike, you know, Oregon project where yeah. they have some people like I, it, it can be kind of lonely. Yeah. And man, I just remember the only real company I had in Colorado at 7,200 feet training in the fall and right through the winter outside oh. is my coach would be like, all right, we got, you know, some track work out today. And I go, all right. And he goes, I'll meet you at the track. We're warmed up, ready to go at 10 o'clock. So, you know, I go do the warm up on my own. He walks out there, does some killer workout, you know, really hard. You know, middle distance yeah. training isn't like, let's just go jog 10 miles. Not, I mean, you know, it, this is like high intensity, no, yeah, yeah. you know, running full speed, really difficult on your own middle distance anyway. racing, right? Middle distance. So it's super hard. Um, again, not the short sprints, not longer distance, but just high intensity, just killer stuff. And then he'd walk away and I'm left lying on the track and I was just sitting there going, this sucks. Why am I doing this? Like this is, it just lost a lot of the joy. And, um, maybe it would have been different. Maybe I had a different outcome. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe I kept, if I had like community, Yeah, man, I didn't really have a whole lot of training partners and stuff. And that just, that got really hard and really, really old. And I remember thinking it was a good run, but I'm, I'm sure glad I got something to something else to go do. Hmm. It's so funny how easily though running lends itself to community. I remember, you know, checking ego. My I played football from like fourth grade on into high school, and you know I was all you know five feet buck twenty five going into my junior year. So there's no way I was going to start, but for some reason I was like, I have all this experience. I'm faster than these guys, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to cross country so I can get in shape for wrestling. Like basically, that's the only reason I was gonna do cross yeah, country running. Right? I know what you're gonna say. Yeah. And being on the team, it was co- there was boys and girls, and being there and being like the first time running out, and people just like welcome me, and it was just like a different aspect of a team. Like I had never yeah. been a part of a. I mean, we'd have you know the car loading the night before Lots spaghetti parties. night parties, yep. and I'm like. Never have I been a part of this. It's always been a bunch of guys like, you know, punching themselves in the shoulder and, and like, you know, just like, oh, we're grunting and all that stuff. But being, like <laughs> being on the, the cross country team and like just kind of like a bunch of guys being like, hey, man, we're, you know, we're all doing this together. Like there's yeah. not like, you know, yeah, sure. There was like the, you know, A team and the B team, but it was about just, you know, going out there. We did, you know, long runs. Think, and you know, the, the 
thing about an individual sport, right? I mean, it's sort of counterintuitive, but about an individual sport is ultimately like the enemy is the clock Mm -hmm. in running. Yeah. Right. And so you don't need to be my enemy. Like we might be racing against each other, but you don't need to be my enemy because like, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm going against the clock. I'm going against myself from last Mm -hmm. week or whatever. And, you know, and so, you know, I remember in high school we had great friends on the other teams, you know, like, cause you'd see the same guys every week, week in and week out at, at meets and everything. And, you know, and okay. And yeah, I, you're better than me. Right. And maybe if you have an off week and I have a great week, like that might be reversed, Mm -hmm. but you know, I'm, I'm going for the best that I can do. And so you do kind of like check that ego. Yeah. Unless you're a sprinter. And then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get that. Then, then we had some problems. But. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, this is Mike wrapping up part two of a conversation we had about ego with Jeff Kuzma. You know, every time I have the opportunity to sit down with Jeff, I feel like I learned something new. And so I just want to send a real quick thank you out to him for taking the time to come out and record with us. Next week, we got a little bit different of an episode. It's a, bit of a recap, a bit of a uh, post and pre-race episode that I had the opportunity to record during my time in Gettysburg with two good friends of mine, Zach and Nate. So look forward to that next week. Till then, build up, become strong. Hey guys, Tom here. If you like the conversation that we were having uh, this week on the podcast, make sure to give us a, a like or a review in your podcasting app. And we'd love for you to join in the conversation uh, beyond just uh, just what we got to talk through this week. So uh, find us on Facebook. We have a private group on Facebook now. You can uh, get to that through our website, strong-towers.com, or on Facebook you can search for We Are Strong Towers. Uh, like I said, it is a private group, so you'll need to ask uh, for us to, to let you in there just to keep it a safe space for guys to engage in, in deep conversation as we look at these topics that are uh, so important to who we are and, and uh, how we approach life. And follow us on social media also at strong underscore towers on Instagram and Twitter.